uh, you can open your Bible to Matthew 6. Uh, we're starting, wow, that got quiet just all of a sudden. Uh, we're starting in uh, verse 19, which uh, Matt, Matt just read for us. So open your Bibles there. Um, as we see over and over again in Scripture, uh, Jesus uh, in here, he's inviting us into uh, not just what to avoid, uh, not, not to just avoid what is wrong, but he guides us into what is really, really good for us. Uh, so he, here he doesn't just say, hey, hey, don't chase after this, this thing, after these treasures, and, and then just kind of leave us alone. No, he, he, he instead, he warns us, right? Don't pour yourself into earthly treasures. And then he says, instead, pour yourself into heavenly treasures. This, these are the treasures that you want. This is what is good for you. This is how you will flourish in this life and in the next. Right? This will not be a waste, but this will lead uh, to eternal reward. Um, Jesus is so gracious to us. I hope that you uh, have come to a place in your life where you recognize the kindness of the Lord, how loving he is. Uh, he could have done nothing at all with us. After we rebelled, he, he could have just washed his hands and, and, and left us uh, in our mess. He definitely did not owe us anything. Or, or he could have gone a, a, a step further, which would have been great. He could have shown us grace by cleaning up our broken mess. And, and then he would have had every right at that point to just say, okay, good luck. I don't don't screw everything up all over again. But he didn't do that. Jesus came, he paid the price for sin. He offers us forgiveness if we'll turn from sin and give our lives to him. And he promises us life flourishing. But it isn't just life right now or life in eternity, it's, it's both. He offers us life that starts now and lasts forever. He, he wants the best for us. He does not want us to waste our lives. He doesn't want us to pour ourselves into what will totally fail. He's good. He's faithful in his love towards you. He offers us life in him. And it's this flourishing life that we keep mentioning. So he helps us understand that, that where our treasure is really, really matters. It's vitally important if you want to flourish in life. Our truth statement is uh, this. Jesus teaches that whole person righteousness requires loving and serving God rather than loving and serving money and possessions, right? The whole person righteousness requires this, this devotion, this loving God rather than, than money, possessions, whatever earthly treasures that we can find. So let's say at the end of 2021, uh, you have uh, a surplus of money. Wouldn't that be great, right? You, uh, may, maybe it's because you worked really hard at budgeting this year and you're really careful with your spending. And perhaps um, you just had a, a couple fortunate circumstances that led to uh, you getting a little more money at the end of the year than you expected. So you set up a meeting with a financial advisor that comes highly recommended to you from multiple people. And you're not just going to uh, solely depend on this advisor and what they say. You've actually been doing your own research. You've been looking into some ways to invest this money. You, you've got your eye on uh, a couple funds, uh, maybe uh, a couple particular companies. You're thinking about buying their stock. But there's one company that the more research you do, 
this just seems like a no-brainer. It, it seems like, like you will definitely get a great a return on your investment, but you, you do want a professional look at it. So you sit down with this advisor and you lay out all the different options, but, but then you present this one, the one you are most excited about, and, and you, want, uh, you want this person to, to help you pick this thing apart to see if this really is a good place to invest your money. And, and as you're sitting there and you're making your case for this investment, you realize you haven't been just thinking about maybe investing this little bit extra that you have, but, but you actually want to pour like so much of what you have into this. You're ready to pull from other places to invest in this because you think, that, that it's surely a winner. Well, fortunately, you picked the right investor. They just, uh, right financial advisor. They just so happen to have insider knowledge. And for this illustration, let's pretend that that's not illegal. Um, so they know, they happen to know that this company is going belly up really quick in, in just a matter of months. And after you meet, you go and you do some investigating on your own, you find out they're right about everything. And then sure enough, a few months later, uh, that company uh, went, went totally belly up. If you would have invested in that company, you would have lost everything that you invested. Now, obviously, if you knew that that would happen with a particular investment, you would not invest in that company. You wouldn't invest in that fund. You wouldn't invest in that, that crypto or, or whatever it would be. It would all be gone. Jesus has insight here in what we invest ourselves into. And Jesus, previously uh, in, in the sermon, he, he was just talking about rewards. And, and now he, he, he shifts the language into what we treasure. One treasure will be destroyed. It will be stolen. The other treasure is totally secure. It will never be stolen. It will never be destroyed. It will have greater growth than Tesla or Amazon or Bitcoin. Jesus knows that we were made to treasure, that, that our hearts are hardwired to desire treasure, to look for treasure to have uh, our hearts and our minds, um, our affections fixated on a treasure. Right? Every person is this way. We were all made to hunt for this treasure. And when we find it, to put all of ourselves into it. We were made to treasure God and his kingdom, to know him, to love him, for our affections, for our desires to be aimed with this singular focus at him to give all of who we are, everything that we have, just devoted to him and his kingdom. This is what we were created for. But we find other treasures in this world. Jesus warns us in verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now, Jesus is not saying don't have a savings account or that retirement accounts are bad or you can't have a 529 for your, your kid's college savings. No, though um, those certainly can become treasures. Those can become idols in our hearts. But Jesus isn't saying a person can't have wealth, um, but don't, don't let that wealth become your treasure. Don't let riches be what you chase after. Paul says something similar. In 1 Timothy 6, 17, he says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes 
on the uncertainty of riches. And uncertainty of riches sounds like an oxymoron to us. Right? If, if, if anything's certain to help us, we so often think it's riches. But he says, uh, don't, don't set your hopes uh, on the uncertainty, or the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Right? So Paul doesn't say, don't be rich, but don't set your hope there. Don't set your hope on riches, but set your hope on God who's the one who supplies all of your needs. God, his kingdom, this is the only place that, that our hope is rightly set. If you've read the Proverbs, you, you might remember a couple different times. It has us look at, at an ant and how hard an ant works. And uh, during, the, during the harvest, the ant is gathering, the ant is storing up, it's preparing for winter, right? There's wisdom in that. There's wisdom in having an emergency fund. There's wisdom in saving up for uh, when you will no longer be working. Jesus, in this sermon, he's laying out for us wisdom and, and folly, and, and I think we'll see that more and more in the coming weeks. You might remember that at the very end of the sermon, there's this picture of, of wise living and foolish living. When he tells about the, the person who builds their house on a rock foundation, and the other person who builds their house on a foundation of sand. The way of flourishing is, is a life of living wisely. Jesus knows that absolutely anything on earth can become our treasure. He understands better than you and I do uh, how easily wealth and possessions catch our attention. Materialism is a, is a real struggle for many of us, maybe all of us in this room. And Jesus knows human nature. We, we hoard stuff, right? We, we think, man, if, if some is good, then more has to be better. And we go after more and more and more. And Jesus knows that this is a trap, right? That, that we, when we lay up treasures on earth, it will, they will fail us. His logic here is pretty simple, the earthly treasures will not work out for you the, th the way you think they will. Every one of them will fail. Treasures on earth will get destroyed, whether it's moths or, or rust or, the, or they get stolen, but earthly treasures do not last. But even if they did last, I think we know that they don't satisfy. If you've ever given uh, a Christmas gift to a kid, you know what I'm talking about here, right? Even if you get them the best gift, they'll love it Christmas Day. They'll love it maybe for a few more weeks, maybe even months. But where does that gift end up eventually if it doesn't get broken? It ends up in the closet. Eventually, it's given away at a Goodwill or, or sold at a garage sale. But it's not just kids that are this way. Adults, we're this way too. We do the same thing. We, we really want something. We have our eye focused on, on something that, that we think will be so good. It could be a house. It could be a job, uh, a relationship. It could be getting into some elite program. Uh, it could be losing enough weight to fit into, into some outfit you like. It could be getting tons of likes on, on a post. It could be your investment portfolio growing or whatever. Whatever the, the treasure is, the, the treasure that we're convinced is worth so much of our attention and resources, it cannot deliver like we think it will. And, and when we're lucky, we realize that. 
Right? We realize that, that that relationship actually didn't make, make you any happier than the previous relationship. We realize that that, that, that that account getting to this amount of money, it still doesn't feel like enough. That that dream job that, that really is better in every way still does not satisfy. Right? That, that growing the business to this level isn't, isn't what you thought it would be. Right? There's always something there's always something else, something newer, newer or shinier that we're tempted by. We're, we're tempted to trade in for this, believing that it's what we really need. We also don't get to take treasures with us when we die. Right? Job was right when he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. We don't get to take stuff with us. So as Matt asked earlier, what do you treasure? How do you know what you treasure? In verse 21, Jesus is going to talk about where our treasure is there, our heart will be also. What's your heart pursuing right now? Where does your mind wander? Like, like when you just kind of have time to think about whatever, where does your mind wander to? When you're falling asleep and when you wake up, what, what is it that you think about? Or when you pop out of bed, what's the first thing you do? Maybe what's the first app that you check on your phone? What are you pouring yourself into? What do you sacrifice for? Because we don't sacrifice for something that we don't care about. What are you convinced will make you happy? And it's tricky, like Matt said, because God has given us so many good gifts, right? And things that we are supposed to enjoy in this life. It's great and appropriate for us to enjoy these things, but we go beyond that. We, we get greedy and it becomes our treasure. Or you can enjoy your career. You, you can enjoy possessions. You can enjoy a relationship. You can enjoy your kids or grandkids or, or your hobby or fill in the blank. But we also can take any of those things to an idolatrous extreme. And we no longer just enjoy it. We, we obsess over it. Really, we worship it. It becomes our everything. We get blinders to everything else, and this becomes our singular focus. It can become our passion, what we're devoted to, what we pay all of our attention to. But created things were never intended to have that place. Only our creator is to have that place. So what earthly treasures are vying for your attention right now? Verse 20, Jesus tells us what our or where our treasure should be. He says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So one set of treasures will, will, will be destroyed. It, it'll be gone. It'll be lost. And the other set is totally secure. It's completely safe. And if those were your investment options, which would you choose? And it feels like a trick question because the answer is so obvious. You wouldn't invest in what you know will fail. Jesus tells us that treasures of this earth, they have no chance at, at succeeding. They will fail you. But heavenly treasures will not. They will be forever. They are sec secure for eternity. 
So what are heavenly treasures, treasures that, that will last for eternity, that will never fade? This is by no means an exhaustive list, but certainly knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? This is a heavenly treasure that will never fail you. Growing in Christ, both, both knowing him, growing in knowing him, growing in Christ-likeness, growing in faith, in, in trusting him. This is a heavenly treasure, right? Uh, part of how we do this is, is by saturating ourselves in the word. If, if you spend uh, a good amount of time in the word, if you're regularly in the word, that's a good indicator that, that you're, you're looking at heavenly treasures. We treasure his kingdom in many, many ways just by coming together uh, on Sundays, gathering as God's people and other, other times through the week to worship the Lord together. We're, we're, we're treasuring the Lord and his kingdom. Your prayer life, I think, tells you if, if your treasures are heavenly. When we're not just praying for ourselves, but we're, we're praying for Christ to be glorified. We're praying for brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we know what's going on in their lives and, and we're, we're before the Lord on their behalf, praying for them in those circumstances, in those struggles that they will grow in knowing and trusting Jesus. Are we praying for people to be saved? for the lost to hear the good news, for, for God to, to remove the blinders from their eyes, to give them ears to hear the gospel and to receive him? Are we praying for the unreached, for, for parts of the world that have literally never heard about Jesus? Are we praying for the good news to go there? We certainly treasure his kingdom when we tell others about Christ when we're looking for opportunities and taking opportunities to share the hope that we have, praying that they will respond in faith to Jesus. We're after heavenly treasure when we give, when we're generous with the money that God has trusted us with. Right, when we give to work that's directly connected to the gospel, to his kingdom work, when, when, when you give to the church, when you give to missions, to organizations that are preaching the gospel like, like Young Life. We also give to organizations that are, are looking out for others. I think of Pathways Pregnancy Clinic in Washougal. I think of Treasure House in Camas, Open House Ministries in downtown Vancouver. And there, there are all kinds of great ways that, that we can uh, literally invest money in, in, in God's kingdom work, in, in heavenly treasure. Do you treasure what will pay off for eternity? I know so many of you are, are so wise with money. Uh, you're really, really smart with investments and, and you're thinking long-term, but, but how long-term are you thinking? Are you thinking for all of eternity? Again, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And this illustration is really interesting to me. Uh, there are arguments uh, um, by, by really, really smart people, scholars, that are they're trying to figure out, so what's going on here um, with the eye? Is, is the eye letting in light and therefore exposing your heart? That's, that's kind of how I would think of it. 
or um, or is it the opposite of that? Is, is your heart shining through your eyes, so the lamp, or, or maybe think of a projector, and it's projecting out what, what is inside of you. It's, it's exposing whether it's light or darkness in your heart. So the, the debate's really interesting. I don't know that it matters, though. Um, either way, Jesus is comparing the, the healthy eye, which is full of light, it's full of uh, goodness, and the bad eye. Right? Or um, that word can be translated uh, evil, uh, greedy. It's, it's full of darkness. So uh, Matthew, again, he's helping us make this, this connection with the inside and the outside of who we are. This, this whole person, uh, righteousness that we keep talking about. Right? That, that all of who we are needs to line up with Jesus and his kingdom. And, and where we don't align with Jesus, then we need him to change us. We need him to, to continue to make us more and more like him. And Jesus uh, gave us the contrast between earthly and heavenly treasure, and now uh, a contrast with the, the good eye that, that, that is full of light and the bad eye, right, that's equated with darkness. Uh, certainly, if we have good... Um, physical vision, we can do a lot of things in this world, right? We can, we can play sports, we can run, we can jump, we can drive a car, we can see a movie, uh, and so on. Um, obviously, someone who is blind can do an incredible job of, of coping in this life, but it's certainly an advantage to be able to see. And so, too, what an advantage we have when we have spiritual eyes that can see. When we can see, as, as Jesus warned, the difference between earthly and, and, and heavenly treasures. But, but how dangerous it is when our vision is clouded by this world, by, by darkness. The healthy eye, some people uh, argue that this word would be better translated as wholeness or singularity. Uh, there's a connotation here of generosity and kindness. So again, Jesus and Matthew they want us thinking about following God in, ter in terms of all of who we are, our whole self. Right? So we don't just give Jesus uh, some of us like on, on Sunday uh, or, or during our devotional time uh, or even give him most of us, most of our week we give to Jesus. No, it's, it's all of who we are. We're to give to Christ Perhaps that word singularity helps you think of it, having an eye that, that is, is singularly focused on God and his kingdom. He wants singular devotion from us. He doesn't want there to be rivals in our hearts. He wants to be the sole focus of our hearts. And this is throughout scripture, but here's one place, Isaiah 42, 8. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Right? This, this singular devotion, uh, a life of worship to the Lord. Is that you? Is your whole person, your whole self devoted to God? A singular focus on God's glory and his coming kingdom. And I, that is in clear focus on him. Or do you have the bad eye? Right? Do you have an evil eye that's full of darkness? And again, it has this connotation of greediness in this evil eye. It's out for itself. So when you look around, do you, do you see like, hey, what, what can I consume? What can I get for my pleasure or for my benefit? 
Do you look around at people at school or the workplace and just gravitate to those that, that can help you? Even if you're not thinking about it, they just help you feel better about yourself. Or do you think, how, how can I get what I want out of this person? Or do you, do you have the generous side? Do you look for opportunities to be a blessing? And that's what God's people have been called to do. And it becomes clear in Genesis 12. When God's talking to Abraham, he tells him that the nation that will come from him, that God's going to bless them. Why? He's going to bless them so that they can be a blessing to all the nations. We've been given what we have, not so that we can do whatever we want or or buy whatever uh, we desire. We've been blessed in order to be a blessing to this world so that others might see Jesus. Is that what your eyes are looking for? Opportunities for God's kingdom, opportunities for treasures in heaven. You may have heard uh, that the evangelist uh, Luis Palau died, uh, I think within the last two weeks. I think his, I think his memorial service uh, was yesterday. Um, if you don't know anything about him, um, it, as far as evangelists in our lifetime, it, it's, it's Billy Graham and then it's probably Luis Palau. I mean, Tons and tons and tons of people have given their lives to Christ because they heard the gospel uh, from Luis Palau at some crusade or some event. And now he is with our Lord. And I, I just wonder how many people throughout eternity will Luis Palau have come up to him and, and, and say thank you. I was at that crusade back in 73 in, in the UK or wherever, or, or my parents, my parents heard the gospel and they accepted Christ when, when you preached it and then they raised me to know Jesus. I mean, he is going to have scores and scores of people in heaven thank him that, that he didn't lay up earthly treasures, but he laid up treasures in heaven. A healthy eye is not fooled by this world. I guarantee that Luis Palau is quite happy how he invested himself. How about you? Are you happy with how you're investing your life? Are you generously investing in his kingdom? And I don't just mean with money, but I mean with all of who you are. Are you making kingdom investments at your workplace? Are you making kingdom investments where you live? Are there neighbors that you're just looking for ways to be a blessing to? Are you using your possessions to be a blessing? Do you have people over to your place? Whether it's a house or an apartment, do you open up your home and share a meal with people, showing them hospitality? Do you pray in ways that are focused on God's kingdom? Verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Or or instead of money there, some some people say that it might be more helpful to to say the, the things of this world that you can buy with money. But there's no middle ground, right? Every section of this short passage today has said that. We we either treasure the things of the world or the things of heaven. We're either, we either have the good eye that's filled with light or, or, or the evil eye that's filled with darkness. We either serve God and he is our master. We just want what he wants or we're a slave 
to money and possessions. You cannot have both. It's one or the other. You're either devoted to Jesus or the world. We put our trust in the creator or in created things to satisfy us. We either live and walk in light or, we can, or we're consumed with the darkness and destined to stumble. Notice yet again that Jesus helps us see how critical our heart is in all of this. It's a heart issue. He uses heart language here when he contrasts serving money and serving God. He says, you love one and hate the other or devoted to one and despise the other. Where's your heart? What or who are you devoted to? I recently heard um, that, that a city in the U.S., and I think it's the second city in the U.S., just a, a week or so ago, um, has uh, kind of redefined the family. They're, they're legally recognizing, I'm not even sure if I'll say this word right, uh, polyamory as a, a family unit, which if, if you haven't heard of that before, um, good. Um, it, think about polygamy without marriage. Um, uh, so it, it's this, it, it's a relationship, multiple partners, right? That, that are living together in the city thinks that that should be recognized as a family unit now. Now it doesn't take much brain power to see that that will not work out well, it, at least for one person that will not work out well for, I didn't even mean that to be funny, but it is, um, a, a marriage, let, let's get like more down to probably where we are, a, a marriage with more than two people would not work out, right? Th- there would be major drama. A spouse in their right mind would not sign on to, to their, their husband or their wife bringing someone else into the marriage. Neither does the Lord. We cannot serve two masters. We can't claim to be devoted to God and to these other things. God will not have it. So why do we think that we can serve Jesus and anything else? whether it's money, possessions, whatever, whatever it is we're tempted to treasure. My guess is that when you came to Christ, if you put your faith in him, when, when your eyes uh, were opened to the gospel, when you finally had ears to, to hear the gospel, maybe you'd heard it over and over again before, but when, 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 when God changed your heart and he, he opened up, yourself to receive him as Lord. My guess is it wasn't hard. Once you made the decision, it wasn't hard to just fully give yourself to him. Because when you realize that, that Jesus gave himself up for you on the cross for your sin, that he, he laid down his life for you, it just makes sense that you would respond by giving your life to him. Right, that you just give all of who we are. When we first come to Christ, that is so obvious. But over time, it seems that, that we can lose some of that, that, that singularity, uh, that, that, that fixated focus on Christ. Maybe we don't treasure Christ like we used to. Right? Just like any marriage, over time can be susceptible to diminishing passion, to diminishing commitment, right? You can, you can start to drift from your spouse. So too, we can slowly let there be rivals to Christ in our hearts. And I wonder if that's any of us today. We're all susceptible to that throughout our lives with Christ. I wonder if there's anything that you need to confess to Christ today. Anything... Maybe, maybe you don't treasure this thing above Christ yet, but, but it's creeping up. 
anything that you treasure more than him. I want to give us uh, just uh, probably a minute, not very long. It'll seem like a long time to some of you. I just want to give us a minute in silence. And it's funny that Matt did this before. I actually, I forgot that he was going to do this, but, but I think it's fully appropriate for us to just spend a minute right now in silence praying to the Lord and being honest with, with what we really do treasure. Because maybe, maybe we don't treasure Christ. Maybe we don't treasure his kingdom that much right now. So I'm going to give you a minute. I encourage you to just close your eyes, talk with the Lord, and be real with him. And then after a bit, then, then I'll close us in prayer. Lord, we confess, I confess, that I let a lot of things uh, in this world vie for the throne uh, of my heart, of my life, uh, that I am just so easily distracted by shiny new things. Uh, I'm like a puppy sometimes, the way I pursue this and that and, and lose my focus on you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your grace. Have you over and over again help us to see that these things don't satisfy, even though we keep running to all these different things, Jesus. My guess is, my hope is that most, if not all of us in here, want to live for you, want to lay up treasures in heaven. We want to live lives that glorify you. And God, we can't do that on our own. We need you to grow us, to shape us, to make us more and more like Christ, to give us eyes that see this world as it is, to give us uh, eyes that, that are generous, Lord, that, that long to be a blessing to the people around us, whether they're brothers and sisters in Christ or, or people that don't yet know you, Jesus. God, would you, would you grow us? Will you help us to throw away earthly treasures and, and to, to seek you and your kingdom, Lord? Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.